Maximum Health with your host, Dr. Ken Gray. Dr. Gray obtained his master's in both acupuncture and oriental medicine from the Atlantic Institute of Oriental Medicine. Dr. Gray enjoys both being a physician as well as being an educator. His unique approach to holistic healing has taken him abroad to lecture in Germany and treat sports professionals in Hawaii and France. He is co-author of several books on food therapy. His office is in Jupiter, Florida, where he has practiced for over a decade and where he resides. Now it's time for Maximum Health with Dr. Ken Gray. Visualize a soul of a soldier Reach inside the heart of a warrior See inside the mind and the dreams of your brain child Yeah Realize a ghost left forsaken But never say your soul to Satan Captivate the hearts and the minds of all nations Yeah On a reason why on a diamond Welcome back, everyone. This is Maximum Health Radio, Quality Living with yours truly, Dr. Ken Gray, Holistic Physician. Thank you for joining us every Friday at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard on 88.9 FM. That is WQCS and NPR, National Public Radio. We are also available, all podcasts available through uh, the PRX, Public Radio Exchange, as well as iTunes, Apple, and... um, you know, just keep keep the information coming because we love having new guests every week for you. And uh, I should say aloha. I should have started with aloha because there's a lot of aloha on this show today. I wanted to do a, um, a really wonderful show with uh, the person we have on the line from Hawaii. Um, we have Hannah Bernard, Hawaii Wildlife Fund. So we have the West Coast and we have East Coast, Mr. Jack Layton from the Loggerhead Marine Life Center. So I wanted to do the Titans of the Ocean show and I asked these two tremendous individuals making change, making the world better for us, working to help us to stop just making things bad. (laughs) And in such a loving way, I was just in Maui and I met Miss Bernard and I saw the wonderful work she's doing. She taught my kids so much about the ocean and she's on the line with us right now. Miss Hannah, thank you, aloha. Aloha, good morning. So you, um, from the get-go, I want to say, you know, we we booked this snorkel trip and we were going to go. We had no idea what to expect. We just knew that we were snorkeling in Maui and (laughs) it was going to be beautiful. And then this wonderful lady starts talking and she starts talking about, you know, how she's going to, you know, share with us everything um, about the ocean and about the wildlife and, and, and teach us about the the coral and everything like that and it's up to us if we want to follow her um but that's what she's there for and she's going to do what she's going to do and, and it was just this uh this this opening statement of command for us and it, it was very clear to me that that's the person i needed to be with and my kids needed to be with to learn so i took the younger kids and we followed her and she made it to such a point that we were looking for sharks and <laughs> never in my life thought, you know, this, uh, Queens, uh, New York Queens boy growing up that I would be uh, looking for sharks with, uh, my children in the, um, Pacific ocean, but I was, and you made it so comfortable. <laughs> so <laughs> you, you love what you do, don't you? Kind of. <laughs> yeah. Tell us how the Hawaiian wildlife fund started. Okay. So we, we started, we, we, um, I guess we we came together out of love. Mm-hmm. The truth is that we were a nonprofit um, formed by myself 
and uh, my colleague, Bill Gilmartin. We are both former scientists with the National Marine Fisheries Service, the agency that is part of NOAA, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration, tasked with managing um, the U.S. ocean resources. So we both you know, worked with wildlife and marine mammals in particular. And um, when I moved to Hawaii 28 years ago, he knew I was um, kind of good at, at, at starting up nonprofits, and he was taking early retirement from the agency. I had left the agency from California when I moved here to Hawaii 28 years ago. And, and so he said, hey, I'm going to take early retirement. Let's start a nonprofit together. I have a donor who wants to help us start with um, focusing on the plight of the monk seals. And um, are you interested? I said, uh, yeah, let me think for a second. Okay, <laughs> let's go. Right. Yeah. So um, we, we, were, we were actually um, formed out of the desire to help fill the gaps that our, our mother agency that we had both worked for and the state agencies that are tasked with, with recovery of protected species, we knew couldn't do everything. There's, there's funding issues, there's resource issues, and so we decided we would step in and we would address those critical issues with some of our critically endangered species here in Hawaii. Right. And so that's how we started. And you're doing this 1996. through 1996. And, and you obviously, mm-hmm. you know, one of the things I have to just back up and say, um, once we got to Hawaii, you know, by way of San Francisco, we stayed a few days there and we went to, to um, Maui. And, you know, there's a lot of things we sort of did research on. And one of them was that we had to buy reef safe um, uh, sun, you know, like basically protect yeah. sunscreen. And, yes. you know, so we went on a search for that. Like that was not something we took lightly. And we understood why. And we thought it was great that it was it was recommended, not only recommended, but it was like mandatory. Um, and then we went to local stores and asked around for the best one and that actually works. And then, you know, my wife was really concerned about that. So long story short, uh, what you do really is research, education and conservation. And the education was a big part of our start to realizing the, the beauty of the Hawaiian uh, Wildlife Fund, the Hawaii Wildlife Fund. Um, now, as far as the marine life that really comes up when it when you look at what you're trying to preserve and trying to educate us on can you name some of the main uh, wildlife that i know there's hawaiian monk seal there's humpback whales mm. of course the hawaii sea turtles yeah. and turtles that we're going to yeah. have in common with uh, the loggerhead marine life center yep yeah so um our focus was on those animals in the near shore environment that are particularly native to hawaii so um all the ones you named um, and in, in particular, those that, that were sort of more on the edge of, of needing assistance, like the Hawaiian monk seal, which is found only here and is critically endangered, and the hawksbill sea turtle. So our, our hawksbills, also known as ea in Olelo Hawaii in our Hawaiian language, um, they are uh, under IUCN, um, under, under international um, definition, they're critically endangered. Under the U.S. Endangered Species Act, they're endangered. Whichever way you want to define them, we have very few in Hawaii, maybe um, around 100 nesting females um, in the population, with, with less than probably 25 nesting in any one year in the whole archipelago. So very tiny population, one of probably the smallest, most isolated populations of hawksbills in the world. 
So those are the, those are two of the species that we were most concerned about. And then the general um, overall perspective of all of the creatures of the near shore environment. You know, the, the truth is um, we can't just protect one single species. You you have to protect the entire ecosystem. Yes. You have to protect the habitat. So 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 we've. We've got this focus on sort of the the ones that need the the critical attention, but we we've always been big picture oriented and mm-hmm. looking at how does our entire ecosystem need help and support. So we've always worked sort of island wide, um, Hawaiian style, ahuwaa, which is um, mountain to ocean, um, mauka to makai. Mm-hmm. You know everything on land we do affects the ocean, just like you were mentioning a, a minute ago with the sunscreen. You know, one of the things that we've um, we've been called to do is to be involved in all kinds of efforts, movements, legislation, um, teaching people about the importance of things they do right. um, when they enter the ocean and even when they don't enter the ocean when they're on land, like shopping. You know, we helped get the plastic bag ban in Hawaii, um, starting on Maui, where I live, um, in order to reduce our amount of plastics that are that are washing into the ocean. Right. Now, Everything. You know, I'm so, so excited to hear your family was already doing the research before you got here. That's yeah. Crazy. And, you know, the thing is, is I would say that it's always been there, but the knowledge that the ecosystem, you, you know, the holistic view of the earth is mm-hmm. is really so urgent that we realize this now and realize it as a reality of our position as stewards so if you don't if we don't do these things if you don't say these things if you don't make these things mandatory if we don't take this and we wait for government or people in so-called power i mean we're the ones in power because we're the ones making the choices bad or good and so yeah i love that to go on this snorkel cruise we became educated and and then once we were there we were further you know immersed in this world of how we are the stewards and we are part of the system, which is beautiful, but in the same way, we're also helping to destroy it and making choices that can destroy it. Um, and the ocean, obviously, and you said from mountain to ocean and, and to the bottom, but we, we, what we're realizing, too, is how important the ocean factor is, is because the earth is primarily water and we're, mm-hmm. you know, as human beings, are primarily water. So <laughs> there is all of these connections uh, that, that has to be made. And you did it in a fun way, but it brought a sense of urgency to me to do a show that showed not only what you're doing with your microcosm of the earth, because obviously you're doing it on islands, which represent a huge number of species and um, which are under threat. Uh, but also we have the East Coast, which we will talk with Jack Layton soon on what they're doing with the turtles and the loghead marine life on the Atlantic and, and how that's giving some clues into what's happening on the ocean overall. Um, where do you stand and, and how do you educate with the whole global warming and our position with overall um, you know, protection and dealing with threats against the ocean and wildlife? Because uh, I know it's not just about the warming, because there's this argument, but I don't see any reason for arguing. It's just there are things we can do mm-hmm. better. Um, but where do you stand with that, and what are you witnessing as a person that spends so much yeah. time in the ocean teaching people? What are you seeing? Yeah. Um, first of all, I just want to thank you for how um, perfectly you put that in, in your, your sort of synopsis of the holistic picture, the the whole planet. N- nothing nothing has brought home to us more the 
the reality of our connectedness than the, the plight of our ocean, the world ocean. It's not separated. The waters are all connected around the world, the entire world. Um, and so the, the oceans of, of Earth, should have been called Oceana, right, our planet, yes. um, are, are impacted by, by um, this, sort of, um, this sort of emergency that reminds me of, of my childhood, um, my cutting my teeth as a conservationist with um, growing up during the eco-movement that was essentially launched by Rachel Carson, a former Fish and Wildlife Service, or I should say late, she passed away, um, Fish and Wildlife Service biologist who um, made aware the, the link between DDT and um, the crushing of the eggshells by the parents, uh, the birds, um, like the the pelicans off the coast of California, um, so so that changed the way we viewed pesticides, and it stopped the use of pesticide, um, the pesticide DDT in the U.S. So, so with the ocean, we have this plague of of plastics going on right now, um, a, a literal pandemic of plastic in the ocean. And now, what we've learned globally is that um, microplastics and nanoplastics, you know, microplastics being less than five millimeters, and nanoplastics small small as a human hair when um, width. These are in our air now. We're yeah. finding them mm-hmm. above the mountains and down yep. into the deepest parts of the ocean. So there isn't any away. There's no escaping our, our situation. We all, as a, as, as a species, as a human race, we need to really get together and align with not just taking care of, um, of this big problem with the, the, the global warming, right. which, is, which is real, um, whether you want to call it climate change or climate crisis, right. we're viewing and we're seeing with our own eyes here in Hawaii and many places around the world, what's happening with climate change is the ocean has absorbed the, the excess heat. Mm. And this isn't something that, would real, we, that was predicted, that w- wasn't understood how climate change would, would all play out. Right. We knew there would be changes to, to the to the reefs and the, and the ocean, but we didn't realize how much heat would be held in the ocean. Mm-hmm. So we've seen our ocean warm in in a um, in a matter of decades to to an extent where we essentially are, are seeing it's like heat waves rolling mm-hmm. through the, the oceans. Yes, and these heat waves in Hawaii we've experienced them as. 10 degrees in some parts of our, our coral reef areas. And that 10 changes a above lot. average. Yeah. 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 Dude, see, that's, that's significant. Right. That's, that's life-threatening. It's causing coral reefs to be so stressed that they're bleaching, which means they lose their little zooxanthellae, their mm-hmm. symbiotic algae that live in their tissues. Right. Um, and, and with the loss of those, um, the corals don't, they don't do as well. And if it's prolonged and it occurs year after year, the corals die. Yes. And so we are seeing massive die-offs of coral reefs around the world. We've lost estimates are, are anywhere from certain areas of 50% to more than that. And in localized areas, up to 90% of coral reef habitat and coral reefs themselves dying from um, these, these essential um, essentially heat waves rolling through the ocean. And, and so we're, we're living in the time of, of great consequences yes. and great crisis and great challenge. And, we're, and, and if you're a marine biologist, you're seeing it with your own eyes. And that's, you know, and that's the line I want to draw right now from coast to coast. We're going to draw from you know, Pacific Ocean. Like we said, all the oceans are connected, but we're going to go over to Jack Layton right now, who is the CEO and, and, and has been 
so instrumental on the East Coast here with uh, the Loggerhead Marine Life Center. And we'll uh, get some, you know, sort of connection with what's going on over here with our reefs from Mr. Layton. Well, one of the uh, elements that I think is really fascinating, as as um, some people may realize, is the ocean is one of the primary absorbers of CO2. A lot of people think that plant life is the only thing that absorbs CO2, but really interestingly enough, the ocean is one of the primary sponges. And what we see when the ocean absorbs CO2 is we see a, a process called acidification. And when we think about sea turtle development, and we think about heat and we think about CO2, there's a lot of things locally here in the Palm Beaches that we're tracking that um, really is is making us ask a lot more questions. And, and one of the things that I think people here are so fascinated to learn is uh, in, the, in the Americas, uh, Florida is the number one most densely nested sea turtle nesting region. Mm-hmm. When you look at the state of Florida, Palm Beach County, is the number one nesting county. And when you look at uh, the 9.5 mile stretch of beach that Loggerhead Marine Life Center manages in North County, it's the most densely nested loggerhead sea turtle beach in the world. Mm. And so we have volume. Each year we have anywhere between 12,000 to 20,000 sea turtle nests on 9.5 miles to study. Serious traffic. Lots of data, mm-hmm. lots of big data. So we're collecting yeah. bigger data faster than any other research lab in the Americas as it pertains to the the wild nesting sea turtle right. population. And we're looking at the impacts of heat. Right. And many people around the world have seen um, some temperatures that are spiking. You know, here in Florida, we've had temperatures in June that really equate to temperatures that we normally see in August. Right. And they're staying consistent. It's Very not like, consistent. It's not spotty as much as it's going for weeks on end. That's right. And, yeah. and not cooling at night, right? So so in the, in the sea turtle science uh, arena, heat dictates the gender development of sea turtle hatchlings. Mm. So the eggs on the beach, which are absorbing all the heat from the hot sand, the saying is hot chicks, cool dudes. Mm. The hotter in the incubation, the much more likely you are to have female development. The cooler in the season or the more rain or if the nest is laid in the shadow of a very tall skyscraper that's right on the beach, the cooler the incubation, the more male. Well, here's what we've seen over the last 10 years. We work very closely and she's a member of our board of directors with Dr. Jeanette Weineken. Dr. Weinigan runs the FAU Research Laboratory um, in Boca, and she has a, a wonderful program that studies gender development in sea turtles. And what she's seen in the Palm Beaches really gives us pause, because when we talk about heat, when we talk about CO2, when we talk about all these changes that we've seen over time in our atmosphere, um, one of the things that we've seen locally on really one of the world's most important sea turtle nesting beaches is that in the last 10 years, we do not believe that our beaches, which produce millions of sea turtle hatchlings, know that the odds of survival are low, but we produce millions of hatchlings each season. We don't believe in the last decade we've seen a male. Wow. So when we think about temperature changes, when we think about the change in our atmosphere, Mm -hmm. It's a very, you know, people often say, well, what do you see 
with climate change at Loggerhead. We say we don't know. We're not a climate change right. expert. But where we are an expert and where we do know that we have really interesting data that that may be giving us what I like to call directional insights. Mm -hmm. You know, when one of the world's most preeminent scientists who studies gender development says that we haven't produced a male in a mm -hmm. decade in Palm Beach, mm -hmm. uh, I'm not an expert, Dr. Ken, mm -hmm. <laughs> you are, but mm -hmm. all, all, all dudes out there is mm -hmm. not going to preserve the, the total sea turtle population. And so I just want to back up for our audience. 10 years, a decade, tens of thousands turtles. Millions, millions of hatchlings. Millions we, of hatchlings. Millions of hatchlings are produced on our beaches each and year. And yeah. zero dudes. Right, right. That's scary. Well, it is. It is. And, and you know, here's, there's a couple of, um, you know, before I, I say before loggerhead, I was, um, I was not a methodologist. I was not a statistician, but I worked in, in uh, big data. Right. So there's a couple of factors that are really important to point out. Um, everything with sea turtles is in trends. Mm -hmm. So nesting by species is in trends, high trends, low t trends. Right. Um, heat in local climates are in trends. Right. Uh, and nature typically uh, skews more female than male. Okay. So there are some trends that we have to be very aware of. Right. But when we do look at these incredible population beaches like the beach that Loggerhead manages. Yeah. Again, we have more data in one decade than right. most beaches collect in in 20 or 30 years. Gotcha. Now, you know, between the data of the Hawaii Wildlife Fund, data of the Loggerhead Marine Life Center, mm -hmm. we've got Ms. Bernard on the line from Hawaii who was saying, you know, she's noticed, she's seen coral, mm -hmm. coral reefs being decimated by the heat which obviously affects the whole ecosystem, not only there, right. but here sure. and all over the world because of the species that go through that those areas that are under threat, which are several, humpback whales and so forth and so on. Of course. And then you're seeing through data of these and the turtles, which give a captive, right? They're, they're, you can track them. You can do a lot sure. with them. Yeah. You know, unlike certain fish, it's right. hard. Right, right, right. <laughs> it's well, kittens, a big pelagic shark. It's right. hard to track them, right? <laughs> but... Um, so, so the moral of this story and, and what I'm so fortunate to be able to bring you two together on this show to show people is not necessarily just the science of it, mm -hmm. although that is important mm -hmm. because there are people out there that need the science to validate their choices. But the observance of people that have been giving to their communities through wonderful outings, fun family events, um, and in 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 that is this education sure and you know you, you have the fishing you have all of these things at loggerhead marine life you mm -hmm. have the snorkeling and all of that over at you know the uh hawaii wildlife fund and and even down to the aquariums that you both mm -hmm. have now what we want to do is give people a little bit of um you know they should know at this point somehow that we all have some skin in the game but how do we yeah. how do we make it better mm. So we talked about plastics. Yes. Choosing not to use disposable things. This is what I bring with yeah. me. I'm, I'm holding up a, a yeah. reusable glass water bottle. Yeah. I go everywhere right. with right. My, my reusable water bottle. And we have the straws. Mm. I know when I went to Hawaii, almost everywhere had, I think everywhere had paper mm -hmm. 
straws or That's bamboo good. or something. And we're starting to do that here in Florida. The poor plastic straw, right? I mean, yeah. it's really served as the icon. It's not <laughs> yeah. the solution, but right. it really is the icon for I the I can't possibly problem. touch the cup with my mouth. That's just not going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> I have to say, as an environmentalist, right. I, I we, we really have to laugh. We're yeah. putting a paper straw in a plastic mm-hmm. cup is yeah. not the solution, right? right? right. So, yeah. so mm-hmm. start. it's a yeah, start. It's a start. It's a start. It's a start. So timing is important. All these things are important. Being aware is important. Let's get people connected with you both. Um, I think that's the most important thing that I can offer in the small amount of time sure. we have left. Um, Hannah, please tell people, our, our listeners, how to get in touch with the Hawaii Wildlife Fund. Oh, great. So we're very, very present on the web. The Hawaii Wildlife Fund um, has a, a great website, and it's full of educational information. Mm-hmm. Um, and it is www.wildhawaii.org is the URL. So wildhawaii.org. But if you do a search on any major search engine, um, it's we're very highly optimized. We're old. We're 23 years old. Mm-hmm. So Hawaii Wildlife Fund do a search and we're easy to find and then we're also on instagram with the same name um if that's um hashtag wild hawaii that's our instagram and um of course um we have email and um it's found right on our our website and it's easy to remember wild as in wildlife at aloha.net and that's the, the email that gets right to us that we get all of our informational um, inquiries at. So that's that's the way, and also by phone, and that's on our website. People can reach me directly, call mm-hmm, me. And, um, and families can support so your only. support through donation, through volunteering, and through Absolutely. your partners, which is one of the ways we found you is through the Snorkel Partner. Yeah, business yeah. business partners like Tykin right. on the sailing mm-hmm. trip that we, we met on. Um, and yeah, people can adopt turtles. They can adopt wildlife. Um, like like with Jack's outfit, we, right. we also provide that opportunity for people to, to help donate to us and to um, sort of get a more personal connection with the wildlife. Speaking of adopting turtles and engaging families, we have the Lager Head Marine Life Center, which I've had That's several right. times. I've had you featured with NASA. Yeah. <laughs> Again, because of that data and education sure. research that you offer. Some but world-class surfers. Yeah. We've had some fun yeah. conversations. Yeah, we, have. we have. So the Sea Turtle Hospital at Loggerhead Marine Life Center is at marinelife.org. Again, that's marinelife.org. And all across all of the other social media properties, we are at Loggerhead Marine Life Center. It's a little bit of a mouthful or a keyboard full, but that's where we are across all the digital properties. And Dot Ken, um, you need to come see your new adopted sea turtle patient, yes. Howard, who is on our day night high definition sea I will turtle be webcam. my tribe. Good. <laughs> the whole Please lot do. Of them. <laughs> Please do. <laughs> Which Hannah was, was uh, pleased to meet. I'm sure we, we uh, she took that picture. If you guys uh, look on my social media, Doc Ken Gray on Instagram or Doc Ken on Facebook or whatever, you'll see the picture that Miss Hannah took of our family at the snorkeling trip. But, you know, <laughs> there's not enough time to say how important the work that you both do are bringing the two coasts together, the oceans together, the people between them, the awareness. Um, it, it makes me very emotional to know that I've done this show and that hopefully it will go on to touch a lot of families. Mm. So, and that being said, please, listeners, so. uh, just support and learn and do your part because we really, as it stands, the, the clock's ticking and um, only we can make that difference. So this has been another Maximum Health Quality Living. Much aloha to you. Mahalo for joining us.